episode 396 after the whistle presented by Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. Nothing else comes close. Tough day in Buffalo Bills Mafia land, Mafiaville, where I don't know, uh, Bills land. Bills Mafia land. Uh, I will say that. Got to tell you what I saw this morning, though, before you before you get into it. Okay. So this guy, I you know, I go and get my coffee this morning. And uh, it's at the gas station. So I pull in and I actually need gas. I'm like, I'll get get my gas right now. Right. So I pull up to the pump and there's a a, I call, you know, kid, I'm going to be 44 in May. So, I mean, this guy's got to be late 20s. Okay. Um, Bit of a red face, probably had a late night, not much sleep. Uh, Looked (laughs) like he was dragging ass today. Okay. Yeah, there's going to be a few of those today. Be a lot of them. There's going to be a little, but but the story gets better. So I pull up to the pump, and as I'm pulling up, all I hear is like, like there's just this like pop, and I was like, oh fuck, what happened? What did I just do? I thought I hit something. This guy is he's so he starts driving. He's on the other side of the pump, so he's pulling away, and he stops, and I'm like, did I? I don't know if I did something right. And he gets out of the car, and now, (laughs) and there's this hose hanging from his gas tank <laughs> so no, he drove away with it remember how i told you like i pulled away with the thing still in the no- the nozzle still in my gas tank like uh back in the summertime i just completely i grabbed my coffee got in the car and drove away but the thing popped out of my gas tank so the ho- the hose was just like kind of laying on the ground so i had to just go and put it back up on the on the on the clip or whatever this yeah. guy actually ripped the hose out of the gas pump. <laughs> And the best part about this too, the best part about this, watching this from inside the window is a fucking Orchard Park police officer. Okay. No way. So what happened? Did the kid did the kid stop? The guy gets out and now I'm out of my car and I just I'm looking and I'm smiling at him. Okay. And he just looks at me, he goes, Oh fuck, man. I hope this thing connects. I said, Hey, I've done the same thing. I said, the only thing is it. My my the thing popped out of my handle. I said I've never seen the hose actually get ripped away <laughs> from the pump. Oh my god! Anyway, he's like he goes, "Oh, I just hope this thing clips on. Please tell me this thing just clips on." So he goes and he puts it back on the the handle back on the thing and just. Leaves Are you the helping hose. him? No, no. I'm like you're on your own, bud. I mean, I'm I got my own shit to do. Oh my god. <laughs> but I'm having a hell of like a great like you know, it's like fuck, could be worse. Could have been me, you know? So so he walks inside right past the cop, and I'm thinking, I wonder if this guy reeks of booze or whatever. <laughs> yeah, listen, I mean, that's kind of what ev- the way every Bills fan feels like right now, especially the Bills Mafia, which uh I had the ability to go you to my first game, right? tailgate, yeah, I I went to the game, uh, had tickets in the uh, one forty three section, and uh, I was kind of like right behind, um, the end zone, and uh, you were right behind the tailgated. End zone or you, were in, you were in the end zone. We were in the end zone. Okay. Okay. And we we tailgated for it was the first time I've been here for fifteen years in this city. And it was the first time I've ever tailgated. And it was just, it was just unbelievable. Well, I, I had to drive past the, I had to drive past the stadium yesterday morning. Um, Brody had a basketball game. And so I, I had to drive down that road 
And so I was on my way. It was probably 9.30 that I passed it on the way there. And on the way back, it was probably about 11.15, 11.30. And yep. people were starting to, it was starting to, to fill up. Like there were people, there was a fire going at one of the things and all these people were out. I was like, Jesus, they are, I looked at my watch or the clock and I'm just thinking the game doesn't start till like six. We got to our lot, Petey, at 11.15. I had the ability to be with a, like a true Bills Mafia crowd, every single solitary truck that pulled into our lot, there's like hundreds of people. Every single person had their own fire pit. They all brought their own wood. I've never even seen anything like this. It's, it was absolutely insane. We're, we're, we, have, we have guys that were literally right across from us, okay? And our fire pits were like, uh, you know, backed up to each other. And these guys got this spread out there and they're cooking these great, big, huge, delicious looking steaks. And he goes, guys, he goes, went from hot dogs to friggin' the, the, the steaks. Uh, this is the biggest game, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, just talking to these guys, it was, it was just the whole crowd was, I can't even tell you how much these people love this i was shocked it was an eye-opener for me i had the greatest time you could possibly imagine just being by a fire pit by by food people drinking having fun it was absolutely yeah, insane i mean you're a fire pit in freezing cold weather that's that's a, that's about as north bay as you get it it uh, doesn't get any better yeah i love that I love that. I bet you there was a, a skunky smell in the air around there too every now and then. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, there is a couple skunks out for sure. And I was just skunks trying out to, during the day. I was I trying just, to sniff it in, eh? I just yeah. love the old uh, smell of the old I, skunk. You it's know? Like, why does that smoke smell like a skunk? Um so here's my question for you. I love that you got to do that. When you say you were in the end zone, yes. did, did the bass kick go right or no, left for you? It was he was at the other end. Okay, so you saw it go right. Socko, right? Yeah. You didn't, you know, right away that that would like every single person in the world was going to just refer back to that Super Bowl kick. Scott no, Marwood. no, because like I, I honestly, I'm, I'm not even joking when I say, I say this. I wasn't really even watching the kick. I was, uh, in a conversation that I was just kind of like, it was like a nonchalant. This should be, this should be high game. No, it should listen. I mean, this it's unbelievable that this this was not kicked for a field goal. It's it to me, it's like it's the old Ray Finkel, whatever. Help me out here with your like, movie quote bullshit. Like, come on, I'm surprised you're not calling him Ray Finkel. Uh, no, I listen, man. I'm I. Uh, the last thing I thought about doing last night when he kicked that was jump on Twitter and pile on this guy. I don't think there's a person in the world right now that feels as badly about themselves as Tyler Bass. And you can, you know, you can say anything you want to him. Oh, it's not your fault. We could have scored on that one time. We could have done that. But well, you've been great. Well, for it is your fault. Year. Yes, it, it is his fault. That's what I mean. So it's it's like, also I, Stephon Diggs, uh, the superhuman. Uh, you know the greatest wide receiver of all time. That's what he thinks anyway, but he had a ball thrown right through, you know, into his hands. It's a touchdown pass easily. He drops it. Doesn't make the catch. 
Okay. Okay, Diggy. You know, James Cook, 10-yard line, right, right in front of me. Ball thrown right in his hands. He drops it. That's a touchdown pass. The, the difference between this game was so close. I can't I can't even tell you. It was that a probably, chess you know, match. That, all those three those three plays, the kick and those two plays that you described. That's they it. All come, they all come down to pressure. Pressure mode, making a big play and a pressure. Is mode. it pressure? Because I, I uh, so. James Cook's done this multiple times this season in not scoring game, positions. Not in a game as big as this. I know. He he was dropping passes uh, that were in his hands during the regular season. So, I don't know. The difference between the game comes down to some, just a few plays as far as I'm concerned. You know, you got a banged up Buffalo Bills defense that is going against Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and, and the weapons that they had. They did not make any mistakes. Do you know what I noticed last night about that game? It seemed to me like the hits were harder. It seemed to me like that one guy, uh, Shakir, took that one hit. I mean, that guy drove. He got his head wedged. But I mean, it, it, it was just, a helmet. It, was it not helmet on helmet? Yeah, it just, yeah. But I love the NFL. Oh, guy's down on the ground with a headshot. Let's cut to commercial. We don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I saw this. It's amazing that, that we're laughing about that because we both had our bell rung in games and totally been ignored about it. But the point is, is. You know, and then you have, uh, I saw those guys doing the podcast the other day um, from the Patriots. Uh, Randy Moss was on there, Tom Brady, and uh, the little receiver, uh, little uh, uh, little guy. Um, I know exactly what, who you're talking about. Edelman. He, Edelman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Julian Loved Edelman. him. Yeah, yeah. So they were talking about like how a guy would get his bell rung and they'd run over and they'd be like, two minutes left, we're down by three, we're in this town and they would give the guy all the information before they got to the sideline so they didn't have to sit out a play <laughs> that's not funny at all that's not funny at all they but were it, laughing about it, it. they were laughing about it i mean yeah yeah but that's why so, i can't remember anything how was the uh atmosphere walking out um it was it was uh it was interesting. I there there there's you know listen. I mean, you have people that eat, sleep, breathe the bills, and there was some very very unhappy people, but for the most part, I think I think people were were just just upset, just down. Like it, it seemed, it was a very quiet walk to our car. It was a very quiet walk. Last thing I'll say about the football game is like I said, I'll just circle back and I'll say it, it it just seemed like every hit was so much harder just because of the magnitude of the game and what was on the line and knowing that every player out there is probably banged up and how they were playing through it. It's yep. like being in car crashes, to be honest yeah. with you. Like that's what people probably compare it to. The only difference is they're actually paid to be in those car crashes. Other people aren't. So if you're in a car crash and need a personal injury attorney, call Salino Law at their new number, 888-888-8888. You don't play in the NFL. You don't get paid millions for your car crashes. So if you get in a car crash, call the lawyers at Salino Law. Again, 888-888-8888. Bills are done. 
So it's all eyes on the Sabres here in Buffalo. They lost to Tampa Bay on Saturday. They played an afternoon game 3-1. to one. I don't know. It's what I expected, to be honest with you. It's what I expected. But um, there's been a lot of discussion about the empty net play. And I don't want to – I'm not trying to pick on Owen Power, but this is a a clear example of what? Youth? Not understanding urgency? Um maybe just not thinking that the guy's going to make it from center ice. I don't, I don't know. Uh, but it would have been nice to see him. I don't know, stick his foot out or something. Just try to get a piece of that puck going directly in the net. Watching it over and over again. I, I don't know what Owen powers thinking at that time. I don't, I, I, I'm not on the ice. I don't think he purposely got out of the way. I don't think he purposely did not want to block the shot. Do you? Uh, no, I don't think I that's don't, even I, humanly I don't possible. Think that is, I don't think that has anything to do with it. I think it's just simply, you know, why Why is a guy like that on the ice who might not understand the moment or understand, you know, it, it, like why are we just giving this this ice time to people? Connor Clifton would have thrown his face in front of that thing. Are we talking right now that you the don't other think thing too, Owen the, Power blocked that on purpose? Like, or, No, I don't think he didn't block it on purpose. I just don't, I don't think there's any urgency there at that moment of the game or the understanding of the magnitude of the game or that moment. I mean, like you're skating, no pun intended, on very, very thin ice here, your season. And we'll talk about it in a, in a, a few minutes uh, about the, the next three games that are coming up. But the urgency just doesn't seem to be there. Like, let me, let me just rewind. I sent you a video clip from that game. Sorelli. Uh, not Sir. Um, yes, Sorelli. So what, what? What's it was Sorelli? Anthony Sorelli, boxing out Samuelson in front of the net, driving him away from the net. Like puck goes to the point, Sorelli goes to the front of the net. Samuelson's looking at the puck. Sorelli comes and drives him out of the way. It's fucking soft, man. It's soft. Nothing yeah. came of it. Nothing came of it. Puck gets deflected out of the zone. They change. It was the end of a shift. It's just so soft. Six, 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 six. These guys are like, Owen, like, it just drives me nuts. And I'm not trying to pick on those two guys, but it's like, fuck. Well, it's interesting that you, you come up and we discuss Samuelson and power. They're it's not come the up only with, guys. It, I know it, that it, too. I understand that, but it, it's come up because. You're you're talking about their size. Like Matias Samuelson, what kind of player is Matias Samuelson? What like not what he thinks he is. I want you to tell me what I want him, I would like him to be like Jay McKee, like Craig Rive. But with but not not quite to that extent because the game isn't like that anymore. You well, he's a lot closer to Jay McKee than what he is to me. It, it seems like the front of our, our the front of our net right now is like one of the safest spots for opposing forwards to be. And oh. there's a lot of players that are not going to get they're 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 not going to be scared to go there because that's what NHL players do. They go there. But you have to make it difficult. And I and I find that um he's in a learning phase on so many things. He is going to be an insanely, insanely talented 
highly useful defenseman. But he's learning. He's learning right now. And I hate to say it. I hate to say it. I see things that I don't like. I just hope that the coaching staff is teaching him more than just his skill set and, and positioning on the ice that he needs to play with some some grit. And I'd be telling him, I'd be showing him certain situations instead of just where he should be on the power play and how they're rotating and when you're well, no, you need to you need to teach how to play some fit a physical brand of hockey too. And I hope they're doing that with him. He's got all the talent in the world. He's got all the talent in the world. But he needs uh, needs a little grit in his game. Another talking point surrounding the Sabres over the weekend was, you ready for it? Devin was. Levi recalled by the Buffalo Sabres. Okay. Oh, just I just, I don't understand this move. I don't understand it. Why not just leave him there for the remainder until the end of the All-Star break? But they're going out. They're going out west, Petey. They want to get the kid a little sun, right? Come on, no. Pat him on the back a little bit. Get him out in the sunshine. Or he could have stayed in Amherst, uh, playing for Rochester, and gotten his games there. It's interesting how they're dealing with it, right? Like, do you think do you think that they're doing the the right thing in how they're dealing with Devin Levi? Are you okay uh, with it? Okay, so yesterday, um, I don't think it's any secret who handles a vast majority of the tweets around here, but the show tweeted out, how can you best describe the handling of these goaltenders? Oh. 177 responses. Okay. Um, you want me to go through them? I'd I'd be curious to 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 hear because like it, it's an cool. interesting topic and 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 I mean there's a lot of people I think a lot of people feel that Devin Levi is going to be a very good okay, very well, very good goaltender. Let's start okay. with the, that's not the question. It's the handling of these goaltenders. Okay, that, that, okay. The question is so this has nothing to do with Devin Levi. It has everything to do with the the handlers of Devin Levi. So okay. let's start with some of the uh the regular listeners of the show. So like Lou Brown. Guy's okay. hilarious. It's a stew of wishful thinking, indecision, denial, and negligence. Just, you know, perfectly said. Mike Kern's just a juggling act. Amateur hour by uh conservative general who tweets the show often. Over their heads, hire an experienced hockey ops manager. What was the point of sending him down? That's the best one. Uh, got him a game, right? You got him a game. But then bringing him up, I don't understand. Um, Matt writes, I don't know if it could be any worse. Uh, and I like Levi and think he can be really good. At this point, the NHL season is over. Keep him in the AHL and leave the NHL goalies alone. Give UPL every game that isn't back-to-back -back if he needs a rest. Or if he needs a rest. Just chaotic, no real plan, on the go. The whole season in one word would be fumble. <laughs> so do you want me to keep going? And what and what do, and what do they mean by fumble? What does that mean? 
We already know what that means. Rhetorical question. You love your rhetorical question. Well, I'm asking. What does that mean? Probably didn't bring in a, a viable number one. Or, or, or why are we even bringing just, just a rookie minors and and thank you. start with UPL and Comrie? Yeah. How about this? This is this kid's twenty two. Okay. And um, so they loaned him to Rochester. He played on Saturday afternoon, one seven three, made fourteen saves. First game action since January 9th. This is your kid goalie, man. Kids going twelve days without seeing any action. No, granted, I I've been a huge advocate for rolling with UPL. I think he, I thought he was good against Tampa Bay. You know, but I feel bad for I feel bad for Eric Comrie because Eric Comrie doesn't get a game in Rochester. He gets called up to sit on the bench here so that Levi can play. And then Levi comes back because now he'll get one of these games on this road trip coming up. And now Eric Comrie has to what? Sit out again? Sit back and watch? I guess that's the interesting part about this whole thing is Eric Comrie, a 28-year-old uh, goalie who very clearly can play in the National Hockey League as a backup goaltender, okay? Not a not a three-man rotation goaltender, a backup goaltender. That's what Eric Comrie is. That's what's going to be him now, and that's what's going to be through the end of his career is he's going to be a backup goaltender in the National Hockey League. I don't understand how the Sabres, who tried who tried something, okay? Uh, they tried to bring in Devin Levi, give him the net, because remember at the start of the year, he played the first four games, and I'm like, what the hell are they doing? I'm just like, what are they doing? And then all of a sudden, you hear Don I was like, oh, I really wanted to get him. Yeah, you then know, he gets hurt, it. then he gets hurt. And then he gets hurt, which is like the stupidest thing I've ever heard, and he's, you know, Donger and I was telling us that, you know, he really wanted to get him involved. Like early. he's a rookie goaltender that you basically played the first four games of the season, which to me is mind blowing. I don't understand it. I can argue till I'm blue in the face on this. Okay. Because they have, they have no backing. I can, I can go through the history of the, of the NHL and there's no rookie goaltender that's played the first four games of the season, but here in Buffalo, we're going to, we're going to invent something, something new something special because we have a special goaltender in Devin Levi and the media and everybody blew this kid right out of the water. Like he was something, the second coming. And the reality is there hasn't been a rookie goaltender come into the game at age 21, start a season and basically just blow it out of the water. It's never happened because most goaltenders that play in this game have had time in the minors. Everyone, all of the best, all of the best. They've three, all had times in the minors. Goalies at three completely different. Well, I don't want to stages. Yeah, just stages of their, I guess, establishing their positions in the league. I feel really happy for UPL. He's got to be. He's got to be riding a high right now. He's got a good he's got a good little thing going here. I'm sure he wants to keep that going. 
Well, he'd been treated like a complete piece of shit for for the longest yeah. time. Yeah. Last year, when they had not only a three-man rotation, they had a four-man rotation. If you remember, they had Craig Anderson, what... Levi, they had Comrie, and Ukapekalukanen, who basically was just thrown out to never let never 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 land. He was the mis- misfit toy. Well, he goes that's home. why I'm saying I'm happy for him. That's exactly yeah. why I'm saying I'm happy for I'm happy for him. I'm I'm a little bothered about what's happening with Eric Comrie. I think it's completely fucking bullshit what's happening to him. And and then Devin Levi, I mean, he's honestly getting more than he actually deserves in the NHL this year. So if anything, I hope he recognizes well, I ask, I the ask amount of you a question. recognizes the amount of shit that this organization's going through to keep him in Buffalo. How much pressure does Kevin Adams have on him from the Levi camp to keep him in the NHL. We don't know the negotiations. We do not know what happened in the negotiations leading up to Devin Levi signing a contract in Buffalo where he came here and basically played all of the uh, the remaining games of the season, pretty much. You had Aaron Comrie got put on the shelf. You have uh, UPL that got didn't play for, I don't even know how long. And Levi came in. How was that negotiated? Did did the Levi camp say, we will only sign with you if Devin is going to get games at the end of the season. We want to get him acclimated to the league. Then we I don't want, want to, him. Hey, man. We do not want Devin Levi going to the minors. He, he should be playing in the NHL. I do not want to speculate on... The fact you that have this, to, don't on, you? Hold on, no, no, because what you're saying, Craig, is, and I'm not. It's not an accusation, but you, what, what you're saying is, is that this is happening because Kevin Adams is trying to maintain a promise that has nothing to do with a contract, like his entry level deal signed. Fuck, you're here, you're ours. We can do whatever. We'd send you to the fucking East Coast League tomorrow if we but want. But if you to. promised something. You don't want and to be- you don't deliver on something, then now all of a sudden that doesn't just ruin the relationship with the player that you have on the roster. It ruins the relationship with the agent and any agency, player. That- yes, we're we're talking about why Devin Levi got sent down for one game, and then gets called back up so he can go on the trip with the team in the NHL. And they want to get him games. But my question is, why can't he just get games in the minors? Why can't you bring Comrie up? The team is not going to make the playoffs. I, I, It pains me more than anything. I struggle with this. I want this team. I desperately want this organization. I want the, I want the, players on this team to make the playoffs so bad I can't even I can't even tell you but I don't believe they're going to make the playoffs again for the 13th year and I'm sitting there sitting there why do you need Devin Levi in the National Hockey League why can't you take Ukapakalukanen play him like your number one down the stretch you take Eric Comrie, who's more than capable of being a backup in the in the NHL, and then go and take Devin Levi. Say you're playing in the you're playing in the minors the rest of the year. You are going to play out of every five games. You're going to play four of them. 
That's what our that's what the job is is to get you acclimated to playing a lot of games. Lying get, in pro lying in pro sports is like passing go in Monopoly. But it again, happens, is it, all, it lying? I understand like very often. But it's but not you, about lying. It's about not we've given the opportunity. We've given half of a year. No, but what your I'm saying to you is it's unrealistic for any agent to 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 think that that demand is even reasonable to request it wasn't back when he was in college because the super hype of of devin levi not only here in buffalo but around the league he had super hype okay and they made decisions on his fantastic, and I mean insane, college career. He put up numbers that were some of the best numbers in the history of, of a goaltender in college. So the hype was there. The What he did in college was just incredible. There's a massive, massive, massive difference between college hockey and NHL hockey. We you have know, beaten this conversation up. And, yeah, and we've beaten it up. I, I, I just, imagine. I will I say just... to end it, I will say I, I wish that they could just take Comrie, who's been a goddamn great soldier, who is extremely well-liked in that dressing room. I know that for a fact. Let Eric Ooh. Comrie go and play one every oh. five here in Buffalo. That's yeah, what yeah, I you're uh, saying. That's you. what I wish. Who doesn't love a great pregame meal? You're in luck. Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino has the Buffalo Sabres home game dinner special available on home game days, Wednesday through Saturday, 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. Three course prime rib dinner special, 50 bucks a purse at Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. Nothing else comes close. Well, from that, let's transfer into our crash course presented by Salino Law. Car crash call Salino 800-888-8888. They have the all-star break coming up. They have three games, Anaheim, L.A., and then San Jose. This is a big, big road trip. Anaheim is an absolute must, and so is San Jose. You absolutely have to win those two games. If you can squeak out an L.A. win that is a much stronger team than Anaheim and San Jose, now you're now you're really putting yourself in a good position. They need to put wins together. This this is all about winning in this league. They're nine points behind Tampa Bay. Then there's the Islanders. They're seven points behind. Then Washington, who has two games in hand, are six points ahead of like. Then you have the Devils. Then you have Pittsburgh. You have Montreal. I don't even know what we're talking about here. You know, if there's, uh, listen, this is their schedule. They have the three games, then the 27th they play in San Jose, and then they're off 28, 29, 30, 31. One, two, three, four, five. They play the six at home. Then they, they go seven, eight, nine, no games. Then they play home to St. Louis. Then they go 11, 12, no games. I mean, to February, obviously. Game at home against LA. Can I just ask you a question before you move on? Is that yeah. the is that the All Star break? Yes. So they have a long All Star break, and that time off, by the way, it's mandatory off through the CBA. So 
they'll be able to they'll get eight days off. It's eight days off is what it comes down to. So their eight days starts. I don't know if it starts. This is where semantics gets in the way, but I don't know if it starts because they have to fly home from San Jose. Maybe they stay over in San Jose. They fly home and that doesn't count as a day because it's a team day. Right. Um, So or if you do fly home and you get 28, 29, 30, 31, that's four days. Then you get so they'll come back on Sunday. But what are you obligated for the all-star break? Eight days. Eight days? Yes. Either before or after. So like the Leafs. So uh, not the Leafs, but um, I think it's before or after. So teams, they're not going to shut the whole league down, everybody at one time. So some teams will take that break before the all-star break and some will just continue through. And then so take the all-star. So the Sunday, the 28th of January is a travel day. I would think, right? Because you're traveling overnight on an airplane, flying home and getting home late on the Sunday, the 28th. That shouldn't be considered a day off. So they should have the Monday, the 29th, 30th, 31st. Then they should have the first, second, third, fourth, and fifth off. But they play Dallas on the 6th. So they're going to have to practice on the fifth. Good luck with that. Right. All right. So quickly to wrap up the the road trip here. You think UPL, Levi, UPL? Or do you think Levi, UPL, UPL? I would think that you would be playing UPL, against Anaheim and San Jose. Those are your two games that are an absolute must wins. They are must, must wins for this team to ever make a push. You put Devin Levi in against the LA Kings, which is without question the strongest team out of the three, and you hope that Devin Levi and his ability to steal games can steal one in LA because if Devin Levi's on, he is on and he can play at a super crazy high level. May not be the most consistent right now because of his age and, 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 and um, just still continuing to improve in the league, but he can play at a high level and I would play him against LA. Well, you're not going to like this, but, and I know it's so unreasonable. But I would just play UPL all three. Sorry, but I would. He's going to have eight days off. He's going to have eight days off. I would play him all three games. If he, if, if he, I would just say, if he played against Anaheim, okay, and the team played really well in front of him, and he didn't get a heavy, heavy workload in Anaheim, and you win that game, I would absolutely come back to him in LA because then he's got three days before he plays San Jose. But you know what though? Here's the caveat to that. That won't happen because then that Devin, Devin Levi recall from Rochester looks even more ridiculous. That'll do it for crash course presented by Salino law car crash. Call Salino, call the eights, eight, 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 eight. Just something quick before we get out of here. So, you know, we were talking about the um, 
eight days off that that the teams get now, the mandatory eight days off in their bye week, they call it. Um, yep. I, I remember coming back. I, I was able to be in the league through two Olympic breaks, and some of the greatest times of my life were the, were the Olympic breaks. And I remember we came back um, the after the first one when I was in Buffalo in 05, 06, and we pra were practicing at Buff State. And we had guys, now I had been skating and working out, but not like, not like an NHL player does in the summertime. Um, cause we had like, I think another, what do we have like seven or eight days when we got back? Yep. Right. So, so you had time to get back into shape. So Lindy bags us at the end of practice and we're just doing laps. It was like, it was like, uh, Four laps one way, four laps the other, three laps one way, three laps the other. Remember when he would do that drill? And uh, Brian Campbell, Brian Campbell was lapping everybody. Like, there were, especially me. I mean, like, I'm 235, 40 pounds. Like, you know, like a, I was like a fucking beached whale by the end of this bag skate. It was absolutely brutal. So, Soupy, the fucking asshole that he is, is flying around. Okay, and I can admire a guy who's in unbelievable shape and he's a genetic freak. And there were other guys that were flying around and leaving you back in the dust, and that's fine. And I wasn't the only one. And he's drinking sparkling water the whole the whole uh all-star yeah, break. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah, the yeah, yeah. Water with lemon and lime, uh, way to get after it. And he was fucking skating backwards, laughing at the guys that he was lapping. He was skating backwards. And I remember after that, guys fucking abused him abused him just the biggest asshole move you can pull like guys are we're getting absolutely roasted by lindy first day back from the all-star break and soupy starts lapping guys skating backwards pretty sure he had to go home naked that day we could end it there but it's like the first time i ever met soupy like one of the first times i've ever met soupy is when he got traded to san jose and we needed a defenseman like Brian Campbell because he's fantastic at what he does. Like we talked about his skating ability, his ability to push the puck up the ice. He can fly, man. He I was forgot you didn't play with him here in Buffalo, did you? Did no, you play I didn't him? play with him in Buffalo. Oh, I played, played with him, him somewhere in, in else. San Jose. And I'll never forget this. I've, I've told this story on here before, or maybe oh, yeah. it was the instigators or whatever, but I told the story that... Uh, Brian Campbell tapes three sticks every single game. He does this thing with his knob where it's like they're great, big, huge, huge knobs, but it's all with this fluffy type tape. And what he wants to do is be the first guy to grab the top of that knob because it, it, you know, he want he doesn't want anyone touching and no one on the team knew him. Okay. And I can still remember him taping those sticks. It took him like an hour and a half. And then basically standing up in the entire room and basically like, you know, with puffing his chest out, like he's like the cock of the walk and basically told everybody in the entire team, no one, I mean, no one touch my sticks. Do not touch the knob of my stick. So and he went on, do. he went on this big, like, and I remember they were always like, like it was like uh fluffy, like he left the very stuff like all yes. loose so that the minute, yeah, like you said, it the just, minute oh, yeah. you grab it, it almost forms to your hand. 
Sky has been in our room not even an hour. And after this stands up, pushes his chest out and basically, and we're all, we're all looking at each other. I'm looking at Nabokov and I'm looking at Joe Thornton. I'm looking at all these guys and I'm sitting there. He leaves the room and he, and Soupy sits right beside me. So those three sticks are right in his stall. I literally watch him walk down the hallway like, who the fuck does he think he's talking to? I grabbed those sticks and I squeezed the knob of those sticks that he just spent an hour on. Don't ever talk to anybody on our team that way. Okay. You're new here. I don't give a shit who you are. You know, your little Ronald McDonald hair bopping around. Like, no, no, not going to happen here, soup dog. Guess you got to learn, eh? All right, so tomorrow we'll have Vanicom. We'll talk about uh, Corey Perry signing with the Oilers because he called that. He called it. We're going to go get that sound from uh, an old After the Whistle episode where he said, I think he'll sign at Edmonton. Uh, Patrick Waugh, another coach firing in the NHL. New York Islanders hire Patrick Waugh. I don't know. I mean, listen, it seems to be a trend. Fire your coach and uh, seems to do something for the team, whether it's for a short period of time or not. But it's been a trend this year. A lot of coaches fired. Yeah, we'll, well, it's uh, continuing to go with uh, the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah. What was that, 14 wins in a row? 13 Ottawa's, wins in Ottawa's a row? Ottawa's still struggling, but I mean, you know, they got Jacques Martin behind the bench, and that's I, that's just a complete temporary, that's just temporary, because I think their coach is probably still coaching somewhere. I don't know. Uh, but that'll do it today for After the Whistle, presented by Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. Nothing else comes close. Thanks for listening. Talk to you tomorrow.